Hey Candy Fam, this is Nate from Talking Candy. We wanted to let you know that this audio podcast is a recording from a weekly YouTube series on the Talking Candy YouTube channel. We often reference charts and other visual aids throughout the show that in our opinion improve the overall experience. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe so that you can stay informed on everything in the world of candy each and every week. When I saw that sale come through, and I'm not a wonder holder, but I assumed that the other 99 just kind of, oh, felt like that. So that's how I would have felt. What's up, Candy Fam? My name's Nate, that's David, and this is the Talking Candy Weekly Update. Each week, we sit down for a while and talk about what you need to be paying attention to in the world of candy. And while David and I each have collections of our own, none of this is financial advice. We are just here to have a good time. David, it's Titan week number two. How you doing? I'm doing good, and it feels good to be back. Been away for a couple weeks, having to record on the road. It's nice to be home. Yep. David and I finally had the opportunity to meet in person a couple weeks ago while you were traveling. That was great. Got to spend some time with Jeff Rathgaber and some other members of the community in New York. So, But good to have you back in place here and with all the the quality checks in place with our, our video and audio and all that. So good to be there. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's start by taking a look at what we have going on this week in candy. Uh, just a couple quick little updates here. So we are finally upon the WWE NFTs. We've got our very first candy and WWE NFT coming out. It's actually out right now. I've seen people already tweeting it out. All you have to do is go spend $50 on Fanatic's website. They have a new WWE portion of the website. Must be a new partnership for them as well. So spending $50 gets you this NFT of a wrestling belt right here. So very first drop, pretty cool, pretty reasonable price point. So if you're into that, take a look at it, go get yourself that first one. It'll be interesting to see how many of those get minted. And then... Well, I was going to say, if it's anything like the silver bust, uh, tying it to physical purchases can really lead to a lot of extra copies coming into circulation. Definitely. It's thousands of those back in December. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice way to do it because it kind of makes the NFT free in a way because you're getting something for your $50 that you're used to already in terms of physical goods and people can wrap their head around that. So it's a good way to onboard people and still give them an NFT, something something different to collect and give them an idea of what that might look like. So cool concept there. I've been excited about this WWE stuff coming out. It's not of particular fandom to me, but I think that it's cool stuff. I think that it's it's a cool platform for a new NFT branch. So be cool to see what else they, they put out. In addition to the WWE stuff, we've got the racing racing drops that happened in relation to Richard Petty over the last week. We had the asphalt busts sell out on the 19th and the rising sun. Uh, what, what did you call these? What was the word that they used for these? Cinemagraph. Cinemagraph. The 100 cinemagraphs sold for $43 each today. Those sold out. The asphalt busts sold out as well. And there is a Petty Blue one of one bust being auctioned off on Bitski, as is the case with a lot of these drops, the, the multiple different avenues that you can acquire these NFTs. So 
This actually just ended two minutes ago. That's funny that I pulled it up right there. So $4,500. This is Tuesday night, July 26th. So that just went for 4,543. Pretty cool. That's the, the one of one variation of that. So there is a little bit worth note on these asphalt busts, however. There were only 85 of them. They sold for $200 a piece. But if you go into the marketplace, it's not the prettiest picture because we've got a floor of 125. We've got four listed below the 200 that they sold for a week ago. And then you've got a handful right around the 200 that they sold for before creeping up into the low 200s. So it looks like there may have been a lot of flipping intention on this product in general. We know we've seen mixed results with some of the non MLB products up to this point. Some of some of them have done well, some of them have have had things left to be desired. So it'll be interesting to see with some of these getting picked up over time on the on the low end if the the price of these will rebound in general. So I just don't really know anything about racing. It's not it's not my jam. It's not something I'm knowledgeable on. So I try and stay away from things that I don't know too much about. Uh, but figured it was worth knowing. I don't know if you wanted to, to add anything to that. That needs to be mentioned, and it could be an explanation for why the asphalt bust has seen a dip, is the original purchaser of those 85 busts will also receive a 164th scale die cast signed by Richard Petty. And so I think it's a situation where at least some people wanted to be the original purchaser, not for the NFT, but to get that die cast to get that signed diecast, and so that was kind of baked into that $200 price point. And now that the secondary purchaser isn't going to receive that reward, um, that could account for the drop. As opposed to the Cinemagraph, you know, that's the first of three that are going to be released over the next couple of weeks. And there's going to be a chaser tied to owning all three Cinemagraphs. And so even though they, they cost less, $43 a piece, and, and just 100 of them, I think they're more likely to hold their value at least until they take the snapshot for that chaser for owning all three. And so um, that's, I think, kind of an explanation for why that's played out the way it is. You know, there was already a reward tied to the asphalt bust and, and people are kind of cashing out now that they've got that reward coming. Gotcha. Good information. Did not know that. Did not realize that. So thank you for that addition. So yeah, that's that's what we got going for the Richard Petty collection. Cool to see that that, that one of one just went. Uh, but then in addition to WWE and Richard Petty, we also had a pretty significant announcement this week in the form of a Hall of Fame icon series. So next Tuesday, August 2nd, we're going to have a pack drop. Let me pull up here. We've got... Two, two different versions of these packs. So we've got a grand total of 6,500 packs being sold. 5,000 of those packs are going to be of the, the four icon variety. So you'll have four Hall of Fame icons in those packs. And then the 1,500 pack subset, which will go for 250 each, will have 10 icons in each. So it breaks down to $25 per icon, regardless of which pack you get. So it's the same unit unit price on each pack, but the difference is that on the $250 packs, you're guaranteed a rare player, 
while in the smaller $100 packs, you're only guaranteed an uncommon player, although you are only you only have the potential to pull one of the ultra rare Ken Griffey Jr. inserts in the cheaper packs. So there are 24 Griffey icons randomly inserted in those four icon packs for $100, and those will not be found in the larger 10 icon packs. It's a little bit of a head scratcher. Mm -hmm. I, I don't fully understand, like, I don't feel super inclined towards one versus the other. It's it's strange that the unit cost is the same. It's strange mm -hmm. that the 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 Griffey inserts aren't in both. So uh, it's a little bit confusing, but at the same time, I'm yeah. excited about it. Like I think that this I is a cool idea. I would expect that they would have, you know, typically bulk pricing. You're paying less per card to buy a larger pack, uh, but in this case, it's working out to twenty five dollars per card regardless of if you're getting four or ten so you're not really benefiting from ponying up for those larger packs except in that you'd be guaranteed a rare but depending on what the rare odds work out to anyways you'd get two and a half times as many packs of the smaller packs so it it might end up being a wash depending on you know how prevalent those rares are even in the smaller packs right yeah the yeah, so the, we don't know what the breakdown is of rarities. We don't know if it's similar to the leadoff series, etc. So that will that will tell us some things. It's possible that rare is much more desirable than what we've been conditioned to think. Because currently rare is nice, but it's not incredible. Epic really is mm -hmm. that threshold where you've pulled something that's really worth being excited about unless it's a rare of a particularly high demand player. So to me, unless we don't understand that rares are more rare than we think, the, the Griffey insert is the bigger pull mm -hmm. for me. I would rather have a shot at that because that just sounds like the coolest thing that you could get. So there's still plenty that we don't know. We don't know about limits on packs. It's possible that, that securing 10 icons in a $250 pack is an asset, you know, something it's possible that, you know, I think that these are going to sell out rather quickly. There's only 6,500 of them. It's a very unique new concept. It's unlike anything that candy has put out yet in the baseball space. So I would imagine that, that these sell out, you know, I don't know if it takes an hour. I don't know what the queue is going to look like. I'm not sure, but to me with what we know, I think I would rather be, be stacking these hundred dollar packs with a chance at Griffey, but regardless, I think it's all, exciting stuff so the 30 players are listed here mm -hmm. so for the audio only listeners i'll just rip them off real quick we've got feller bgo rizzuto spawn kiner mccovey murray necro palmer sandberg siever ozzy smith duke snyder stargell sutter frank thomas yunt Aparicio, Bench, Brock, Brett, Carter, Fingers, Ford, Glavin, Griffey, Catfish, Hunter, Kaline, Larkin, and Tony Perez. So lots of good names on here. Depends what era you're from and what you're a fan of. Mm -hmm. There is not a ton of newer names on here. There are some really awesome older names like Warren Spahn and Willie Stargell and you know Robin Yunt and stuff like that. So 
I think there's a little something for everybody on here. I know that there are some names that are missing on here. Where's Ted Williams? Where's Babe Ruth? But I also think that those are the kind of guys that we could see getting the Jackie Robinson treatment and exactly. you know having those those individual types of drops where you've got the one of one bust. So I like this list here. I think I think there's a lot to be enjoyed in here. And you know I haven't actually taken a run through and looked at the team representation. I'm not sure. You know, I know that there's not a Red Sox on here, which is a little bit of a bummer, but mm-hmm. I th- it seems to be a decent amount of representation across the league. So a little the something Reeves for everybody. The Cincinnati Reds jumps out as a little strange. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I got my one giant, so as long as I pull him a Covey, I'm, I'm set. One quick thing, though, uh, mentioning uh, or taking a step back to the mint counts, if, because there's those 24 inserts, if they're going to behave the same way as uh, the the gold tickets where they replace a core, something along those lines, uh, I mean, it, it could go either way. They, they might be extra or they might replace a core. But either way, the numbers right now, they don't exactly line up to be an even number per person. So I think we might see some other type of hidden gem just to make those numbers line up. Because with the, with the 6,500 packs... We're looking at 35,000 total icons, you know, and we might be subtracting 24 or adding 24 to that, depending on how the replacement for those inserts works. But it still doesn't work out to an even 30. And so I think there could be some other golden ticket style thing hidden in there that they just haven't announced yet. That, that could also kind of pull people back towards those 10 player packs if that's where they land. Yeah, so we also, in addition to that, have a little bit of a different breakdown in terms of what the the core through legendary looks like. So mm-hmm. we've got this addition of two photos that that runs from core to legendary. We haven't seen that yet. Don't exactly know what that means, what that's going to look like. They all have the player card. They all have two photos. The the core does not have a video, which is what we've come to to expect. The uncommon is where you get that video, but it looks like at epic you get two videos instead of just one. At rare you add a narration, and then the epic still has the signature, as we would expect, and uh, you know the legendary is going to be the one of one. So, a couple different elements in here. It'll be interesting to see what those look like. Again, this drop is next Tuesday, August second. We don't have a time yet. I don't think. Do you? Do you have you heard anything about a time? No, but I would assume since they've got the cinemagraph coming out at 1 p.m. Eastern, that we'd be looking at more like a a noon Eastern, so you know something a little bit before that. Mm-hmm. Um, they might even space it earlier. Sometimes they go as early as nine Eastern on some of these drops. Right, we have so seen that. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. Definitely an exciting new development. We knew that we were going to see some some different things here. Let's here I'll pull up this. This was the the teaser that they dropped. Quick little video. But yeah, we we knew that we were going to see other styles of packs. We knew that we were going to see other styles of collectibles and we've seen that in different different forms, but this is this is kind of a cool hybrid between some of what we've seen so far. I love what these packs look like with the wood in the corners. So yeah, this this should be 
an exciting day. Next week should be an exciting week. We have our third Titan burn on Monday, followed by this pack drop on Tuesday. So a lot, a lot to enjoy with candy next week, and we will have a lot to talk about uh, when we record next week. So very much looking forward to this. I don't know if there's anything else that that you wanted to to touch on that. Uh, no, not not on the uh, Hall of Fame. Cool. All right. So before we jump into Titan burning, which has been buried at this point. I just wanted to quickly show these two polls that I put up on Twitter because I thought that they were interesting. They're questions that, that we've had many debates about. You and I have talked about it. We've talked about it with tons of guys in Discord. I've talked about it with my own buddies. And so decided to put out the polls of which cereal you would prefer to own. So the first one that went out was the number two versus the, the perfect. And I just used the example of 100 out of 100. And it was a pretty, pretty big landslide here little uh, 70 to 30% on people preferring the 100 out of 100. I personally answered the number two. I think that that's still how I feel, but these results are making me question it because obviously just understanding what the market thinks is is useful too. So that is going to, to impact my opinion. And then on the other side of that was the, and this one's still live right now, but it, you know, the last one got 200 votes and this one's pushing 150. So this one was the number one versus the Jersey. And I thought that this one was going to be really close and it hasn't panned out that way. So number one, getting about 70% of the votes uh, compared to the Jersey. I think that maybe if the question was posed on a specific player, let's say it was Otani or Trout or one of the top guys, I think that this would maybe be closer, but I guess across the board, when you're talking about just the entire player of uh, the entire pool of players. Number one is just the most easily identifiable. It's the most marketable. It's just, it's so clean. So that one, that one won by a landslide as well. I think that tomorrow I'll, I'm going to throw up the, uh, the perfect versus the Jersey and see what people say. I think the Jersey is going to win by a lot, but it'll be interesting to see if it's closer than, than expected. So just wanted to share those. No. I really agreed with, uh, it looks like Lloyd Christmas was one of the first replies on that tweet about the number one versus the jersey. Mm -hmm. I agreed with what he said. Uh, for my favorite players, I'd prefer their jersey. But for anyone else, the number one is just the safe bet. And so I think in a vacuum, if you don't know all the details, you take the number one. But yeah, if it's, you know, if it's one of my favorite players, I, I would be much more likely to be interested in their jersey because yeah. I have a more emotional attachment to that number. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. And, you know, with a guy like Griffey, the number 24, you know, something like that is going to be a lot more substantial. Whereas some guys like, we just saw the Shane Bieber number 57 get sold, his Titan just sold. So we're going to touch on that stuff as well. But, you know, not as exciting a number there. So depends on the player, but I like stuff like this. I just find it interesting. Just understanding mm -hmm. what the market feels about different different cereals and, and different types of NFTs. So wanted to, uh, to quickly jump in here, figured we would look at the, some of the, the biggest sales. And I think the way, the way that you put it just before we hit record here was, it's a good, uh, good way to, to take a look at the health of the market, just in terms of big volume, big volume continuing to happen. So we have the ability now to sort by sold date, as well as to sort by $500 plus. And so just taking a quick spin through here, we've seen a couple of the 21 icon packs, all-star packs go today, up over 700, pushing 800. The number two 
J-Rod Chaser went for 850 today. We saw a couple big 21 epic sales yesterday. A Juan Soto epic number seven went for 2200. Torkelson, so you know, still a lot of a lot of big sales happening. There's still a lot of big items moving across the different series, across the different collections. You can see another Jackie Robinson bust went here for 900 yesterday. Let's see, mm -hmm. uh, what what does that put the floor at now? Well, yeah, so that was the last person who was really itching to make a sale. We saw a handful of them the past month or two, and this was the last person who was really, you know, aggressively pricing at that $900 price point, and, and the floor is 1600 now after that, and there just doesn't seem to be, you know, really any interest from any of us long-term holders to, to price any lower than that. You know, we're, we're confident and we're happy with, with that price where it's at. Yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely one of the more interesting pieces in in Candy MLB to date. So we've got 36 sales so far. There's only 100 of these things, and we've got 26 listed. So that puts us at right around 60 accounted for. Obviously, some of the sales would have been the same, the same serials multiple times, but probably not a ton of overlap. So we are, to your point, getting down to a lack of a lack, a lack of uh, motivation to sell here. So you said that we've got the, the 1600 floor now with that sale, but after that we go right up to 2000, so the jumps are significant. Hmm. After those two 2000 listings, we go to 2400. So yeah, this isn't an interesting place. You and I were both fortunate enough to get one of these and we've just been sitting on it for the last few months. You know, I love it, it's one of my favorite things in the collection, it would be a hard thing to part with, but. Uh, definitely don't mind seeing the the floor increase on it. So cool to see that sale go through, and yeah, I mean lots of lots of big sales. I don't know were, were there any others in particular that that had stood out to you? I can go back into the 500 plus here. Uh, I'm sure there's a few that have happened in the past couple of weeks that have kind of slipped under my radar, uh, just being kind of taking a step back away from it, uh, being able to pay as close attention. So I'll have to kind of sweep through and, and see what else I've been missing. But, you know, as, as I said, it's just a good way to to stay on top of, you know, the health of the marketplace, keep an eye on on kind of the pulse of, of how other people are valuing these big ticket items. And, and of course, the majority of products aren't in this price range, but it's still helpful to know that there are still buyers at all price ranges. You know, it's not just one and two dollar flips there's people who are interested in these big tickets yeah absolutely so before transitioning into titans we'll show right here we've got the j-rod 80 of 80 that went for a thousand bucks a couple days ago and then this wander franco titan i think went for a criminally low price the the current floor on these is around 525 so for the perfect cereal to have gone for 630 it's <sighs> I don't know how I don't know how else to say it. It's it's frustrating to see that go for that low. No, I I agree. I, I think there were a few lower priced ones at that point, um, you know, at the three three fifty range, and so I think the the holder felt like they were getting a premium at six fifty. But it was it's so early to to know where that line in the sand is going to be drawn, and ideally you want to be getting at least or around double for something like a perfect cereal. And and if you haven't seen where things are going to settle, 
it's taking a big risk to sell early. Um, and as that, as these, you know, not just Franco, but across the board, these Titan floors are kind of settling a bit higher than they initially appeared, you know, creeping up as it were. And so that's, that's the risk you take when you sell too early. You, you don't get that, you know, that proper payout for your good cereal. Yeah, we've said it before, you know, selling early and buying early are both very risky when you have a new product drop. You just don't quite know what the market thinks about it yet. And you are dealing with a flurry of very motivated sellers early on. There's a lot of people, or I shouldn't say a lot of people. There are a number of people that are always going to be there when a drop happens and they're quickly looking to to sell it. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I am that person sometimes. It depends on the drop. If I don't particularly care about it, I might I might be in it to sell it quickly. But for something like Wander Franco Perfect Cereal, that feels like an area where patience would have been uh, a beneficial thing to implement. But mm-hmm. to each their own, you know, not judging anybody. If if you're looking to to sell that on day one and and that's where it was at, then by all means. So I think that that's a good transition here into the the top Titan sales of that batch of week one guys. And so these are the only five guys that can be sold so far because the second batch have not been truly minted and distributed yet. That's coming on Friday. But these were the five guys from week one and the perfect cereal. So see, these are the top, the top individual sale for each player and the floor prices. So that Wander Franco perfect cereal went for 630. That's the second highest Wander sale so far. The number one cereal also sold on day one when these were minted last Friday, and that went for 1750. That feels a little bit more in line, although I would argue that that feels a bit low as well. I think that if it were me and I were lucky enough to pull that, I probably would have listed it for close to double that if I was looking to sell it on day one. I really think that it may have pulled 3,000. I mean, the 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 Epic Wander number five, I believe, went for just shy of 3,000. The Core Wander number one went for around 1,500. I mean, these numbers are available. Had research mm-hmm. been done, I don't think that, that this is what that goes for. So 1,750 for this. Now, do I think that the number one core should have gone for 1500? Probably not. So it's, these are <laughs> difficult to price. They are one of a kind truly. And, and it's, it's tough to, to navigate, but the 1750, just my knee jerk reaction to it, it felt low. So I think that that was a buy that, that, that purchaser is going to, to be happy about in the long run, regardless of what they decide to do with it. And then as you can see, the the top sale for the other five guys substantially lower but still still pretty cool to see when you consider what the the cost of of minting these titans was so the number one cease went for 320 the number one bgo went for 265 the number 57 jersey cereal of beaver went today for 201.57 and we haven't seen you know a particularly relevant cereal go for jonathan india yet so we just saw the number 15 go for a hundred bucks and that's the top top india titan sale to date so those are your five five top sales across our week one titans and just cool to see that we have had some some big sales whenever you have a new mint a new launch you're gonna usually see these particularly desirable cereals move early on just somebody that had the good fortune of of getting that randomized mint 
turn around and take some profit and somebody else gets to to get a really cool collectible so it's uh fun to watch I do agree. 1750 seems low, and it's going to seem lower the more that floor price climbs. But the other thing it makes me think is that the reason why, you know, the floor maybe started as low as it did was because someone led by example mm-hmm. listing the number one as low as they did. Mm-hmm. You know, and because absolutely, especially with the number one. Yeah, someone can price lower than you, but no one can list a product better than you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only one number one. And so you you get the luxury of picking your price point. And when you pick a strong price point and you lead by example and you leave it there, then that's just informing the marketplace that this is a value that you can, even if it doesn't sell right away, it, it's just projecting that and allowing other people to react to that price point and, and maybe price in kind. And when the number one goes for seventeen fifty, and number ones, you know, tend to be, I would say, you, you would hope for at least five times the core price for a number one. And, and so maybe the, at the time, if there were listings for 300, 320, 350, then 1750 might feel okay. But once we get to $500, $600 floor price, you, you, yeah, it, it feels less good. And I think that goes the same for the number one C Symbigio as well is, you know, those are good numbers compared to their floor price right now, but you still, as the holder of that number one, you want to project value with more confidence and not show that you're in a hurry to sell it by pricing so low and continually lowering your price, you know, pick a price that feels good and stand by it. I don't mind the the Cease and Biggio sales as much, especially when you consider, you, you have to remember this, right? So you've got some people that, that bought their burn pile when these Titans were announced, and maybe they spent $70 on a Cease Epic or $70 on a Biggio Epic, but a lot of people pulled these cards or bought a Biggio Epic when they were $25, because I know that that was a thing. So. If that if your entry into your BGO Titan was say 40 bucks and you got lucky and pulled that number one and you can turn that 40 bucks into 265, there's your 5x plus right there. So you're comparing B- when when we're looking at this chart and we're seeing Wander Franco on the same chart as Kevin Biggio, it's just two very different tiers of players, and that's nothing against Kevin Biggio but it's Wander Franco. And so to your point, I think that the 1750 is responsible for that 525 floor. And I think that if I think that if that number 1 sells for 3000, then you've got a floor sitting at around 1000 right now with those Titans. And it really it's that fickle. It's it's that one sale and it can dictate everything. And when I saw that sale come through, and I'm not a wander holder, but I assumed that the other 99 just kind of oh, felt like that. So that's how I would have felt if I was a holder. So it stinks, but it is what it is. That's how this works. It's collectibles. Everybody has a different opinion. There really isn't a right or a wrong. You know, if you if you pulled an epic wander and and then you bought the pieces and then you got lucky enough to get that number one and now you've got 1750 candy balance sitting there 
good for you, man. Like that's a huge win. And I don't know what, what led up to that moment or what the education behind it is. You and I take this seriously. We're looking at all the, all the little details. And so, you know, we have that perspective, but at the end of the day to each their own, I just wish that it sold for a little bit more. So I don't know if there's anything you else you wanted to, to say on the, the sale specifically, but, but we're going to continue this, uh, this burn, burn talk with, with some additional conversation on the, the process itself. So are you good to, to jump into that? I'm good on the sales. It's all been fairly encouraging. I, I don't think that anyone who paid for their pieces and was actually able to burn a Titan sold for less than they put their Titan together for. And so I think that's, that's a very good start. To the titan burning season yeah i agree in general everything that we're seeing with titans is super positive like it's we there's a a huge resurgence in activity in the market we're seeing floor prices rise obviously some of it is artificial in the middle of the the actual burning but you know they're real sales so how artificial is that right it's it's providing liquidity there's a lot of different angles to be played you can you can we've been playing this all along a lot of it is is finally coming to fruition here and it's created a lot of excitement so and it's created a lot of health for this market for candy in general so super positive also worth noting that anybody that is holding a titan is going to get early access on august 2nd for the hall of fame pack drop so we don't know what early access looks like we don't know how many packs you can get we don't know how many packs are going to be available no idea what the advantage is, but they have stated that uh, anybody holding a Titan is going to get early access to that. And it's also going to count for anybody that mints a Titan on August 1st, even though you won't have it in your collection yet, they are going to take a snapshot of anybody that minted on the 1st. So if you're currently holding one, or if you mint something next Monday, you will get early access to the Hall of Fame drop. So keep that in mind. That being said, Let's continue this conversation with the process itself. So I posted a video on Monday with a my just kind of live experience and I chopped it down significantly, otherwise it would have been too long. But my my experience of going through the queue and then and then burning my first couple of Titans, I did Buxton and I did Mancini. I also was selling some some pieces on the side along the way, but these were these were the five main takeaways for me when going through that process and now that i look back at it so some of them are just black and white and some of them are reflections but the first one first and foremost was that i needed to clear my cache in order to get into the queue on the computer i saw multiple people having this issue in discord i was fortunate enough to be paying attention to discord where somebody gave the idea to clear cache uh it did it worked right away it also looked like anybody that was doing it on mobile, it worked right away. So that was a frustrating thing to have happen. It felt like I was five minutes late to the party uh, simply because something wasn't working. That shouldn't happen. That shouldn't be something that is is stopping somebody from getting into the queue, but that's how technology works, I guess. So that is something that you need to know. Clear your cache before you try and jump into the queue. Once you get into the queue, and I'll let you take the lead on this, but understanding the queue is is very important. And I also think that it's worth noting that it could very well be a totally different setup 
next Monday compared to what it was this Monday. But for the sake of understanding the whole timeline, do you want to just explain a little bit about how the, the queue is working in current form? Yes. And, and for me, it was pretty eye-opening yesterday to learn exactly how the queue process worked. It's counterintuitive to how to what I was expecting um, in the original explanation. They did say it's a first-come, first-served queue to, to get into the, the Titan burning, and then you have 10 minutes to burn. Now, and I was incorrect in this, but my assumption at that point was that you had 10 minutes to burn for a particular player once you started to burn them. Um, but that's not how it works at all. For, for those familiar with the, the page itself, you know, you go into your collection first and you go into the, the challenges page and the queue is there. The queue is to get into the challenges page, the challenges part of the website. And then once you're there, that's when your 10 minutes begin and you have 10 minutes to essentially do whatever you want. You know, you can burn a copy of each of the available players that week during your 10 minutes. And then I believe they had an additional five minute window with which you couldn't burn the same player. And so, you know, yesterday, for example, you could have, you know, you, you sit through the queue, you get to the challenges page, and that's where you see the different players and you go into their details and you see how many points you have and you actually do the burn but your 10 minutes starts at the beginning of just getting into the challenger page which is where the queue exists and it's important to know that because i, I don't think that was made explicitly clear and i had been gone for a while but i'd still been reading all the announcements i'd still been watching the instructional video and to me it was very unclear that that's how it worked but it's 10 minutes at the start of getting to the challenges page through that queue to then burn as much as you can within that 10 minutes with just the small caveat that you have to wait five minutes before you can burn a player a second time. Now, a lot of people took exception to that because that meant that the earliest people to get through the queue, if they had enough points available, could be getting two copies of some of the best players. We saw someone yesterday craft two Miguel Cabreras, and we saw someone else craft two Trey Turners. And while other people are still waiting because they weren't early enough in the queue, it, it's kind of disheartening to see someone else not only get more than one overall, but get more than one of a top player while you're waiting your turn to get in. Mm -hmm. and, and that's just how it is right now. There, there was a lot of a lot of discussion about it yesterday. There was a lot of feedback taken by Candy. And one thing that Candy has shown is that they're willing to adapt when and change as needed. And, and I think we will see a change here. But, you know, and I've got a lot of opinions on what that change should look like exactly. But for right now, we're just talking about how it is and how it is is a cue to get to the challenges page and then kind of a free for all after that point within that 10 minute window. So just for a little context here, I'm going to pull up the the Titan Challenge page. So here, I'll go back to the beginning. So you go into your My Collection tab, and then you click Let's Get Burning. And right now, there's nothing active because everything has been minted out, which we ha didn't state earlier, but that's that's positive as well. We've seen all 10 Titans mint their full 100. But so these these icons that are done now, 
when they are still active, they'll be in that active tab. And you'll be able to, in your 10 minutes, go through all five of them if you so choose. And so just the, the quick summary uh, with, with the visual here is that both of our understanding was that the first come first serve queue, you work through the queue, then you get into burning your Titan. I thought that once you got in there, you had your spot saved for 10 minutes to, to execute on that. But it turns out that if 100 get minted out while you're still checking off all of your players, you will get beat to it. So that's worth noting. That's a spot where, like I had said a bunch of times before, it's possible that having an epic instead of 17 cores could be faster. In this situation, it is. That being said, the process of selecting your players, especially the, the players of the particular Titan, is very, very fast. So checking off those 17 players, it's a fluid process, but it is slower than clicking one epic and, and a rare. So it just is. Uh, but yeah, to me, it doesn't make sense that somebody would be able to get two before somebody could get one. I have no problem with somebody getting two if they are on the ball and they get through the queue fast enough a second time. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But it, it shouldn't, you shouldn't have somebody getting two when somebody has gotten none. It just shouldn't work that way. The queue should be better set up. And yeah, it's, you know, it's a learning curve. It's to be clear though, I think most people agree that you shouldn't be able to get two of the same player. For someone who's yes. managed to amass a large enough collection that they have fifty one points of Turner and fifty one points of Cabrera, and you know, if they've got enough for everybody, then yes, once they're in, let them get one of each, you know, while supplies last. Um, because that's them doing their preparation to not need any more points. They've already done their homework, they've already made their purchases you know they're ready to go at the beginning of the burning let them get one of each but but then at that point it's you know pretty much everyone agrees it should be straight to the back of the line you know get in the queue and if there's enough for seconds then have another crack at it mm -hmm. yeah and so for for that portion of it and good uh, thank you for the the clarification there but yeah to that point, the 10 minutes works. 10 minutes is enough time that you could get through all five of these, I think. If you're moving quickly, it, you'd have to be moving quickly for sure. I I was lollygagging a little bit. I thought that I had more time. I probably got lucky that I didn't miss out on, on my Buxton or Mancini while I was recording. But yeah, I have no problem with people quickly going through and getting all five of them. If you've prepped, you should be able to do that. You should not be able to get two of the same guy before somebody who wanted one uh, could could get their first one. So jumping back to the list here, in in that process, once you get through the queue and you start to burn, in order to move quickly through that, in order to have a chance at potentially getting all five in that 10-minute window, you need to know who your 49 points are for the remainder of your, your burn. So it very, very makes it very easy with the actual Titan itself. Those are separated off to the top and you can quickly check those off. But then you have to manually go through and there's a good search function. You can search guys by name. But mm -hmm. if you've got a collection with hundreds of collectibles in it, you have to have an idea of what you want those cards to be. So I had a list of 49 points prepared. I was not expecting to have two Titans on Monday. I don't know why I wasn't expecting that. I should have been prepared for that, but I wasn't, that was stupid. 
So I was just going off of our premise of, you know, going with guys that have cores that aren't getting Titans and just trusting that across the, across the board, it was going to be the right selections, but it also slowed me down. So knowing what 49 points you're going to use going through and understanding and whether it's just haphazardly picking them or going and making sure that you're using 50 cent cores, it's beneficial to have an idea of what you want to burn before you go in there so that you can search it. And I recommend if you haven't burned a Titan yet to go watch that 15 minute video that I put out so that you see what it looks like. And this was visible on the, the tutorial that Candy put out as well. I just recorded mine so that it was a little bit more of the, the real feel of what that process looked like. But get an idea of what that looks like so that you, you have an idea when you move in there. I don't know if you had any any issues with it or anything positive, you know, again, I felt that it was very smooth once you got into the burning process. Yesterday, I, I tried to craft a Titan. I wasn't sure if I was going to because I knew I had enough points to craft a Mancini. And just before I clicked confirm and burn, you know, finish that process, because I, at that point, I still thought I was locked in. I got into his burn page. I thought my spot was reserved. So I spent a minute or two to take screenshots of the you know, of the process, just to have some information ready, just to have something to show for it. And then I see a notification from Discord, Mancini has hit 100, he's minted out. I, I, cl I clicked confirm, like just a second after that, and I got an error message, no longer in stock. And so I was one of the unfortunate examples uh, of what not to do, um, because I had thought that my spot in line was locked in once I got to his burn page, and at least currently, that is not the case. So, you know, the process was smooth. It worked easily. I was able to search players easily. That was all fine. It was just uh, unfortunate that I wasn't able to get one in spite of that. Which moves us into bullet point number four, which is move quickly for now. So at the moment, you do need to move through this process. And honestly, no matter what they, they switch it to, if you're trying to make multiple Titans in a day, you're probably going to to want to have haste be part of your process. If you're just looking to burn one Titan and you get in right at the front of the queue when, when it drops at, it was 12.50 in theory this past week, you know, you're probably fine. But if you are a little bit late to the game or if you are looking to burn multiple Titans, you do need to move relatively quickly right now. But not so quickly that you overburn which is something that I did, a mistake that I made. So if you go back and watch the video, you can see on my Buxton burn, I clicked a guy that brought me to 100 points and then I clicked another core that brought me to 103 and, and then I burned everything because I was paying attention to hitting 49 points below and not accounting for the fact that I had gained an additional point up above and I wasn't looking at the total counter out of 100, I was looking at the tool, the two halves Mm -hmm. and just trying to to fill those buckets so i moved a little bit too quickly i was also recording i wasn't over over analyzing it all and i also wasn't sure if i was under the gun so i was just moving quickly and in the end mm -hmm. i'm glad i did because that core was worth getting that bucks in uh if if that was the difference but it does not stop you from overburning. why that's the case not exactly sure feels like it'd be fairly simple for it to say stop you've you've added too many 
Um, but in current form, that's how it is. So if you put 500 points in there, it's gonna let you burn it. So as you're clicking through, watch the counter at the bottom and make sure that you're not burning too many cards. Again, burning 103 with an extra core that was worth 50 cents, not the end of the world, not worried about it. But these are the little things that add up over time and just things worth knowing about. So to me, front to back, that was that was kind of my reflections on the process overall. Well, and I thought about mentioning earlier too, it says know you're 49, but I thought it, maybe it should say know you're 49 or 48. Uh, because in the event that you're burning an epic, it's not possible to burn only 51 points. You're going to hit at least 52. And so you're only going to need 48 other points in that case that you'll hit with 16 cores instead of 17. But yeah, as, as long as you've got your list of your burn material prepared ahead of time, it, it is pretty seamless to, to knock those points out as well. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, having uh, having an idea of of both of your burn piles prior to to getting in there is is what you should be doing. It's what I will be doing going forward. I am this week going to make batches of forty nine points, and to your point, I'm going to identify which guys I'm burning with epics and which guys I'm burning without epics. Because without you, you can get to the fifty one, and with with the epic you can't you got to be at 52 so those are the spots where the little the little things add up none of it's a huge deal nothing nothing worth crazy over sweating although definitely frustrating to be you in that moment thinking that you were that you were locked in uh only to see them mint out but these are the early days of minting titans there are always going to be learning curves there are always going to be challenges uh, you know, as part of these things, we've learned that along the way. We understand that we've all taken our lumps. We've all gotten frustrated. We've all gotten wins. We've all had good days too, right? So it's just keeping it all in perspective. It's remembering that these are collectibles. You know, it's not, it's not huge, huge stuff that, that needs to be, you know, we don't need to be getting too upset over it, but we learn mm -hmm. from our mistakes, push forward and, uh, and enjoy the, enjoy the process along the way. I would have been more upset if it was someone I cared about more. But if it was someone I cared about more, then I wouldn't have been dragging my feet to begin with. I would have been one of the first ones in the queue. Yeah. So it, it would have been a non-issue in that case. It was just this kind of halfway, do I want one or not, that I ended up being far enough back that it mattered. But it is worth noting that one thing that they've mentioned is uh, doing away with the first come for a serve queue and implementing a random queue. And so even being ready during that 10 minute window might not guarantee that you're at the front of the line. You know, you could be anywhere in, in that case. But if they have, you know, if they have that 10 to 15 minute buffer before the burning starts, we might be getting randomly placed in queue um, as early as next week. If that random queue is ready. That's um, so interesting. That's how could that be? How could that be fully random? Is it random in buckets? Is it randomized for the first ten minutes and then the second ten minutes, or is somebody coming in at minute fifteen at the same spot of potentially getting pulled in as somebody that got in at minute two? If it's like how other sites work, it they just have like the waiting room, you know, before everything kicks off. And if you're in that waiting room, if we consider that first 10 minutes, the waiting room, then it gets randomized as things go live. And then at that point, 
it's first come first serve gotcha. You're at the back of the line but it would just be that front bucket getting randomized okay okay now and i talked a lot earlier about how things currently work uh, but if i can get on my soapbox again for a second how i would like it to work is for them to put the queue in a different spot on the process because to me and i think you would agree it doesn't make sense at all that the queue is to get into the challenges page because some people who don't even want to burn are just trying to get on that challenges page to see how many are left. They just want to, to view that process as a spectator and putting the queue there to get to that, to get to page one where you can't even do anything doesn't make a lot of sense. And then once you're on the challenges page where you can see the five different players, you know, they each have a view details button. And when you click on that, that takes you to a second page where you can buy extra copies if you don't have enough. Or if you do have enough, then you can go to a third page where you actually do the burning. And so I don't think there should be a queue at all to, to get to the challenges page, because some people just want to be there, and you can't burn anything from there anyways. And when you click on View Details, where you can purchase extra copies or make sure you have enough, you can't burn there either. So I don't see why they would need to limit how many people are on that page. But then if you have a queue to get to the actual burn page, you could actually throttle how many people are on that page at a time and actually eat and, you know, at least hold someone's spot when they reach that page or just have a very small number of people burning at one time once they get to, you know, once they have a player that they have 51 points of and actually get onto that final page where the burning actually occurs. And so I, I just think it's an issue of them putting the gate in the wrong spot. You move it a couple spots over, and a lot of these problems disappear. Yeah, I agree. Fully agree. I think that, and even just a positive spin on it, is that put, add to the fanfare. People want to track this. Put that information somewhere that's like on the front page that people can actively track. That's cool information. Anybody that's in this space, a lot of people that are in this space enjoy the data. They want to know the numbers. They want to know what's happening, even if they're not doing it. I talked about it last week. I wasn't minting any of those guys, but I was paying attention to what was getting minted because I thought it was cool. So let's let's allow for that. Let's not create an obstacle for people that are trying to mint, and let's make it path of least resistance for people that want to just celebrate what's happening. So 100% agree with you. Uh, but again, you know, to be expected that we would see some some challenges in this process in the first couple weeks. This is a startup company. They haven't mm -hmm. done anything like this. This is a brand new concept and to me it's all about how they how they adapt, how they react and and what it looks like in a week or two. So, let's hope to see some some improvements next Monday the 1st. Let's look forward to the pack drop on the 2nd for all of us getting early access with our Titans. Make sure you get a Titan in your collection. Mint something next week. With that, my name is Nate. That's David. This is the Talking Candy Weekly Update, and we will see you in the next one.